If you're lucky, you listen to them talk. They're on their way up and they can't stop. For all things great, I ain't in hard talk. If Kev Lewin's decent, it's a sandbox. Since the Sandbox fans, your favorite podcast host is back. That's right. My name is Steve Toro, for those of you that don't know. And I'm the host and producer of the Since the Sandbox podcast. Born and raised in East Boston. And we're bringing you the best coverage covering the NFL, our community, all things sports. This is where to get your scoop. Guys, last episode, I gave you guys the NFL draft recap and reactions. And I talked about, you know, a lot of the trades, a lot of the moves, a lot of the picks um, that happened. So make sure you guys go and check that out. In this episode right here, I'm going to be talking about the teams that had the best draft classes and the worst draft classes. So make sure you guys stay tuned. After this episode, I'm going to be hopping in with the New York Minute, giving an update on my New York Giants, on the franchise, the organization, and where things are going from there. So make sure you guys stay tuned. First off, to start the episode, we'll get things going with our best drafts. In this episode, I really want to talk about three or four teams that really killed it, honestly. I'm a New York Giants fan, but... The New York Jets killed this draft. They really did. And I'm going to go in-depth about it right now. Starting off with one, the first pick that they had at four, Ahmad Gardner. You know, I really thought that this was one of the better players in the entire draft, the better defensive players. This is a guy that has not allowed a touchdown. Yes, you heard that right. Ahmad Gardner has not allowed a touchdown. So that's very important. And, you know, the Jets need guys that that are going to be, you know, foundational building blocks to their team. And last year they started with that. Last year they had a good draft. But, you know, this past year that just happened in the NFL, they didn't have enough time to really see that translate. But this year, this upcoming year that's happening in the NFL, I think the Jets are going to have some expectations to see a lot of that play translate. So Ahmad Gardner helping that defense out along with Quinn and Williams. Somebody that's going to help that offense is Garrett Wilson, and he's going to be catching balls from Zach Wilson. We saw Elijah Moore at the end of last year really start to come on and catch his stride at the wide receiver position, but... Garrett Wilson, you know, I honestly thought this could he could have been gone at 4 to the Jets. So the fact that they stayed at 10, drafted the wide receiver at 10, got their best defensive player at 4, I feel like that was really important. And the Jets weren't done. They saw Jermaine Johnson dropping all the way to, I want to say it was around 26 or so. And the Jets were like, you know what, we're only a couple picks away. Let's move up. They moved up. They drafted Jermaine Johnson. This was a pass rusher that they had as a top 10 pick as far as, you know, a draft grade goes. So the Jets had three guys that they got inside their top 10 valuations as far as draft grades go. And these guys were all day one starters. I mean, the way you look at it, Gary Wilson should, you know, be catching seven, 800 yards this year. Jermaine Johnson's probably going to be expected to have, you know, over five, six sacks this year. But, you know, going back to the offensive side of the ball, Brees Hall in the second round, I feel like that's an absolutely great pick. And then Jeremy Rucker, tight end. Um, I feel like that's also a great pick in the third round as well. So personally, I think the Jets killed it. I think that this was steps in the right direction. And yes, Vin, you guys finally succeeded. I was just on the phone with Vin before the draft happened. And we were talking about past drafts and, and everything going on with the Jets and how it's just been a mess. But Vin, they did good this draft and I hope you think so too. I hate to go to Gang Green or stay in Gang Green. Going from the Jets to the Eagles. And guys, these are two of my least favorite teams, if you want me to be honest with you, with the Jets and the Eagles. But these two teams killed it. Let's talk about the Eagles Hall. 
They had Jordan Davis, who they moved in front of the Ravens to go and get. They got Cam Jurgens in the second round. And they got N'Kobe Dean, guys. N'Kobe Dean fell all the way to the third round. And the Eagles were able to get him there. But they weren't just done there. The Eagles also got a Pro Bowl wide receiver in A.J. Brown. Now look, personally, I don't think I would have made that move. If I was the Eagles, I feel like what the Titans did was the right thing to do. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth about that. The Titans offered A.J. Brown a contract extension that would have gave him $20 million a year. It was $16 million guaranteed, and there would have been incentives for that to go north of $20 million. He declined that, and he thought that that wasn't enough money. Now, in a wide receiver's perspective for today's day and age, the wide receiver market where, you know, Christian Kirk is a wide receiver getting $17 million guaranteed a year with more in incentives. Yeah, as A.J. Brown, I definitely understand him wanting more than that. But also, DeAndre Hopkins is making $27 million. Do I think A.J. Brown has given me $27 million worth of wide receiver play? No, I probably don't. And, you know, Devontae Adams, he's probably making around $25 million. A.J. Brown's not giving me that either. So if I was the Titans, the fact that they were able to get a first-round pick in Traylon Burks for A.J. Brown, I feel like that that was a solid move. But also in the Eagles' perspective, go get A.J. Brown. You have Devonta Smith. You have your running back in Miles Sanders, right? And you have your quarterback at Jalen Hurts. So making sure that you're solidifying your offense, I feel like that was a good move for the Eagles. Going to a team that I think that had one of the worst drafts in this year's class was the Saints. The reason why I think it was the Saints was because the Saints traded up a lot in this class, and this was a team that already had multiple first-round picks, right? Let's keep in mind that the Saints traded up for the Eagles pick, right? The Saints traded the 2022 18th overall pick, the 2022 101st overall pick, which is the third-round pick, They traded a 2023 first-round pick, and they traded a second-round pick in 2024. That's a lot of future compensation. In return, got the number 16 overall pick. That ended up getting traded. They got the 19th overall pick in 2022, which was good because they got a player out of that. And then also the 194th pick in the 2022 draft, the sixth-round pick from this past year. But after... The Saints got the 16th and the 19th pick in this year's draft. They then made another trade. So they moved up from their spot at 16 to 11. They traded the 16th overall pick. They traded a 98th overall pick, which is a third round pick. Still really good talent. And they traded a 2022 120th overall pick. That's a fourth round pick. They traded all of that to get Chris Olave. So... In general, the Saints gave up a lot to go get Chris Olave and Trevor Penning. A lot of future draft compensation. So we'll just have to see, you know, how that really plays out with a lot of the guys that get selected for the Eagles over the next couple of picks. But as a Saints fan, would not have wanted to see them go in this direction. And the reason why I say that is because as a franchise, you're a mess. You don't know what you're going to be next year. You don't know if you're a contender. You don't know if you're a bottom five barrel team. You don't know if you're 500. New head coach, a a team that has a brand new coach for the first time in over a decade, still trying to get over the Drew Brees era. And then their second round pick, they kind of reached on, and Alante Taylor. So 
I do think that the Chris Olave move, I think I think he's going to be a good wide receiver. I think it helps their offense, right? You have Michael Thomas, you have Chris Olave, you have Alvin Kamara, right? That That's a good offense. You still have no quarterback. I mean, Jameis Winston's going to be a bridge guy, but he's not going to be there for the next five years. Um, And you gave up a lot of future picks. So Saints, I'm sorry Saints fans, but this was one of the worst drafts that I've possibly seen this year. I'm going to jump back in with a team that I thought... Had a great draft, and that was Kansas City. Guys, even though Kansas City moved around the board a couple of times here and there and everywhere, I feel like their first four picks were great values. And Trent McDuffie at 21, I felt like that was a great value. This is a guy they're going to plug and play day one. They needed to improve that secondary. This is a day one improvement. On the defensive line, George Karlaftis. Guys, this guy's going to come out one of the youngest pass rushers in the class. Is going to line up next to Chris Jones. Going to line up next to Frank Clark. Absolutely going to make an impact. We talked about how loaded that division is. The, The Chiefs absolutely nailed the defensive side. And made that their priority. Then, where the value came in, Sky Moore. Guys, this was someone that was... You know, rumored to be a back-end first-round pick. Got drafted at, I want to say, 54 to the Kansas City Chiefs. They replace speed from Tyreek Hill with speed in Sky Moore. Um, I think this guy is absolutely going to flourish in this offense. And Juju Smith's going to have a big role. MVS is going to have an opportunity to have a big role. But we'll see what happens with him. But the Kansas City Chiefs also doubling down later on in the second round with Brian Cook, the safety you know, just being able to continue to address, you know, the needs for this team. I feel like that this was a great draft for Kansas City. Going back to one of my worst drafts, the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jags do it every year. Every year. And, you know, this starts off with pick number one, right? Trayvon Walker going one. Yeah, that that's not a horrible spot for him, right? But this is all based on potential. Jacksonville's been signing guys based on potential. They've been drafting guys based on potential. Let's get some things that are going to help, you know, make sure that are guaranteed improvements, right? The reason why I bring all this up is because, you know, the a lot of the investments that they made in the draft were kind of uh, confusing. So, start this off at one, Trayvon Walker, we talked about this. But then the Jags trade back into the first round for another linebacker and Devin Lloyd. Now, I think Devin Lloyd was a great value at where he was selected, but... I just think that they're kind of stacked in that position. I mean, Trayvon Walker is going to be played as a defensive end in their scheme. Josh Allen is played as a linebacker in their defensive scheme. Kayla Vaughn Chase On is played as a linebacker in their defensive scheme. I'm going to keep going later on in the draft. They drafted Chad Mama, one of the best linebackers that was available in round three. But it's just like, how many guys are you going to keep investing in that linebacker position to get what you want? And let's keep in mind that in the offseason... They committed a lot of money to the linebacker position in Foyer Olakon, a young guy that, you know, got a pretty decent contract. So that was just something to, to, you know, keep in mind. And I just feel like, you know, there were a lot of defensive positions that could have been improved upon. Like Arden Key was somebody that was signed in this free agency class. And he's a starter for the Jags, but I feel like they could have drafted somebody better than him. And Davon Hamilton, a defensive tackle for them. I feel like they could have drafted somebody better than him. Rayshon Jenkins, strong safety, felt like they could have drafted somebody better than him. And then also Andrew Wingard at that safety position. 
At the quarterback position, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars are pretty solid. They have Shaquille Griffin, who, you know, they just signed last year to to a starter contract. He's making about $14 million a year. So he's all set. And Darius Williams, who they just brought over from the Rams. I feel like he's somebody that they're going to plug and play as a starter. But I just thought the Jacksonville Jaguars made some questionable calls. Obviously, you know, they could have used some interior offensive linemen. They did sign Brandon Schreff in the offseason coming over from the Washington Commanders. But Christian Kirk was somebody that got a lot of money that was really shocking. And Zay Jones as well. Evan Ingram was another guy that was given a lot of money. And if he doesn't work out at that tight end position, all they have left is Dan Arnold there. So that's really interesting. Honestly, the Jacksonville Jaguars do have a thumbs down for me in the draft. One of the better drafts, one of the best drafts in the entire class, in the entire NFL, was the Ravens. We talked about, you know, their movement up and down the board. You know, they obviously stayed put at 14, got Kyle Hamilton. He was a great value there for them at that defensive back safety position. And then also moving back in the first round and selecting Tyler Linderbaum, trading with the Cardinals. I do think it was troubling getting rid of Hollywood Brown. You're going to have to replace that wide receiver position, but... Linderbaum is going to come in that offensive line and is going to make a tremendous impact right away. The Ravens kills it in the later rounds, drafted David Ojabo in round two. We know he had a little bit of a setback with the Achilles, but he's going to come back, be an animal. And then, you know, just these picks, they had a couple of fourth round picks that were absolutely huge. And then Travis Jones in the third round. I mean, this was somebody that could have went early second round at a UConn, but in the fourth round, Daniel Falele. Isaiah Likely, and Jalen Honor Davis. I feel like these these guys are all going to help the Ravens, you know, really be a contender once again. And last year, they finished fourth in their division. I'm expecting them to be, you know, a top two team in their division this year. Absolutely, without a doubt. Guys, these are some of my best and worst drafts throughout the NFL. There's going to be more draft coverage coming throughout. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Go and check out my NFL draft recap and reactions. And also what I have coming next is a little New York Giants update. So make sure you guys are staying tuned. Show some love. Go to Instagram, Facebook, sandbox.net, Apple or Spotify. Leave a five-star review. You guys know the deal. Peace out.